Hi, and welcome to another episode of What I'm Obsessed With Now, with your friendly host and obsessive, Byron. I'm a happily married man. It's important to mention this, I love my wife. I'm not doing this to beat my chest and make sure you know how macho I am. Well, because I'm not macho, and the one time I beat my chest, it hurt. I tell you this because this episode is going to be a love letter to another man. This love letter is to a caped crusader. I never thought I would write a love story to another man, but I love Bruce Wayne. I love Batman so much that I have him inked on my arm. Superheroes have become really popular. I mean, there's a new movie out every other week. Well, that's before the virus came along. Before the explosion of popularity, I was a little kid in search of a hero. Besides Arnold Schwarzenegger, that is. Batman came along in cartoon and movies and comics. Throughout all of this, there was a thread of someone who protected others. No matter who, if you were in Gotham, he would work for you. Well, unless you're a baddie, that is. It didn't hurt that he had an amazing car and gadgets and was a martial arts expert, which I pride myself on being. Today will be an ode to Batman, and after my love letter, we will be joined by Tristan. Together, we're going to discuss The Dark Knight on screen and page. Why is Batman my favourite superhero? I don't even need to think twice when someone poses the question. My Batman tattoo and many t-shirts show my dedication. The idea of a superhero does sound trivial, but to many, myself included, they hold a special and important place. They are the protectors in a world of indifference. They are selfless in a selfish world, and importantly, they are us, or who we want to be. Not literally, although given half the chance, I would suit up. They are an example of the type of person we wish to be, better, kinder, and good in the face of evil. Oh, and able to punch people real hard. We could use so much more of that right now, with everything that's going on. With all that being said, There is only one that I think recognises the complexities of real life and does not shy away from the dark, the man, the myth, the bat. Here are three reasons why Batman is the greatest superhero. He's human. While you could choose an alien who was sent to Earth, a la Superman, or a person bitten by a radioactive spider, as in Spider-Man, it is rare to have a superhero that is a human. Batman's superpower is not a quirk of nature or an extraterrestrial gift. Batman's superpower is harnessing the best aspects of humanity and money. Lots and lots. But let's not muddy the water just yet. Okay, let's muddy it a little bit. The current billionaires are a disappointment. Bezos looks like a supervillain and frankly acts like one. Musk, build a cyber bat car, not weird looking truck. And stop being so weird. Not quirky, weird. And Bill Gates. Okay, he's the closest. What he's doing to stop malaria is inspirational. All the hallmarks of a superhero. Maybe he just needs an alter ego. How about... Mosquito Man? Okay, back to schedule programming. The fact that Batman is absent of superhuman power is an example of what we can achieve. Figuratively, not literally, of course. The fact that he can succeed because of his brains, rather than the ability to fly, inspires. He works at a problem, using his brains and brawn to overcome challenges that are often out of this world. There is no challenge that is beyond us, even if it seems too much to contend with. Batman puts his mind to a problem and solves it with smarts. Now you can understand why someone who trades solely on smarts would like this. I mean, I go to the gym and exercise, but I'd hardly be described as having more brawn than brain. It is true that he uses technology, something that I'm slightly obsessed with, and in many cases technology only money, extreme amounts of it, can buy. Though you can't ignore the fact that he needs to be incredibly intelligent to solve the problems that come his way. Batman is also fallible. He can be broken and mentally beaten. This may seem like an odd benefit, but it shows us that being knocked down is not the end. 
The lesson is how you recover, take on board your scars and come out of it. Particularly if when you come out of it, you have a sick-ass Batman suit. I can't tell you how many times this has held me in good stead. If Batman can take a broken back and fight on, my crappy day can't stop me. Being human and fallible is a powerful message. We see images all day about the perfect person, but that person doesn't exist. The world knocks everyone down and will continue to do so. How we respond is more important than what we are responding to. Take as your mantra, how would Batman respond? Or, what would Batman do? Uh, Try to ignore the billionaire thing, that doesn't really help at all. The second of our three things that make Batman the best is he has a realistic view of the world. Superman is an idealistic superhero. Well, that's except for the Jack Snyder version, which really doesn't do it for me. Not everyone can have their own Christopher Nolan Batman, so let it go. This realistic worldview is why Batman and Superman work so well together. Let's not argue about the movie. It was 30 minutes too long and way too sappy, but had promise. And there are much better comics that they share the main stage together and are very cool. Batman is sort of the anti-Superman in terms of his view of the world. He lives in a dark city. He sees the crimes and depravity. Batman is covered in black as a reflection of the world he lives in. The stories Batman exists within don't shy away from looking at the dirtiest corners. It is Batman's perseverance that stands out. His hope in the face of, well, the real world. I feel he is the character whose worldview most represents reality. It is the fact that he is willing to do something even when it seems impossible. To try even when the darkest aspects of humanity are on display. He is willing to be the bad guy if that brings out the best in his community. This could not be more important than in the year of the Antichrist 2020. It would be easy to give up with so much hurt and hatred in the world. But it's not what Batman would do. It's also important in my personal life. When things seem the darkest, there is always a light to go towards. Sometimes that light just happens to be a man in a black bat suit. This quote from the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight, following a question from Commissioner Gordon's son about why Batman runs, why he takes the blame even though he did nothing wrong, Because he's the hero Gotham deserves, not the one it needs right now. So we'll hunt him, because he can take it. Because he's not our hero, he's a silent guardian. A watchful protector. A dark knight. Batman does what is right, taking into account the problems with humanity. He doesn't want to be a hero, he wants things to be better. He doesn't do what's best for him, but what is best for us. Selflessness in the face of hatred, love in the face of hate. I wonder what Batman would do today, and with so much hurt in the world. He would be a symbol for something greater, and he is to me. The third reason why Batman is my favourite superhero is that he has a strong ethical sense. Batman's ethics are stronger than the urges he may feel. When faced with ending the life of a villain particularly with the ever-pesky Joker, he chooses a justice beyond his own hand. He is an example for good in all we do, easy or not. He will work harder to be ethical, make his life harder to continue to be a symbol more important than the task at hand. Doing what is right is difficult to teach because right is complicated. One way that I developed my ethics was to watch Batman. Now, it sounds strange saying it out loud, but it helped me navigate ethically difficult situations. Through his stories, serious questions are asked, and he provides an example and a question of what you should do. On my bookshelf, amongst the philosophers, sits the Dark Knight. The idea that doing what is right makes you a hero could be no more important. Doing what is right, even when it's difficult, is hard to demonstrate. Batman is able to show this to children, he did to me, and it's a powerful lesson. There are many superheroes that have one or more of Batman's traits, but none are Batman. It is funny how something like a comic can make a difference in the life of a kid. 
It's one of the reasons why I write. It's one of the reasons I hope. It's one of the reasons I want to be better and share a better world. Batman made a difference in my life growing up. When I was sad because I felt like the world was a bad place, I watched a Batman cartoon and it made me feel better. It made me feel like no matter how bad what happened in my life was, that good would win out. It's this idea of good triumphing evil that keeps me going. I could imagine growing up and being like Batman, being a good person who makes a difference. I try to live up to this idea every day, and so should you. I'd love to know who your favourite superhero is and why. Jump online and let's have a conversation about it. Be like Batman. Be a hero to someone today. Before we move on to our conversation, Let's talk about money. It is usually the point when you say that Batman is human that someone is going to laugh and say, well, he is a billionaire. So I want to address this point. It is no secret that Bruce Wayne is stupidly wealthy. He is Superman's boss after all. He owns the Daily Planet. I wanted to touch on this wealth, not to comment so much on its vastness, but how much more likely it makes Batman a possibility. Because people always say it's unrealistic for Batman to exist after all, how expensive would it be? Well, I have an answer for you. The price tag if you want to be the Cape Crusader, you'll need to cough up a cool $682 million. I would like to point out that they included Wayne Manor and its upkeep, which I don't think is strictly Batman costs, but I'm no accountant. $80 million would buy you Batman's collection of vehicles which really is chump change compared to the Sultan of Brunei, who has a car collection reportedly worth $3 billion. He doesn't even have a Batmobile. But don't feel too bad for him, he does have a gold car. Now, $682 million is a lot of money. I mean, I don't have it on me right now. But there are 2,825 billionaires on the planet. Many of these live in countries that have less than stringent regulations, making it even easier. 2,825 people have Batman potential, and none of them have tried. This is why we need to rise up. I can handle the corruption and the greed, but not one Batman? That is something that I won't stand for. I call for the Batman revolution. I mean, a revolution based on the lack of billionaires trying to be Batman is the story 2020 needs. I mean, I could really use less of the I worked my way up to achieve what I have. No, the majority are like Bruce Wayne, inheritance. At least he wanted to help people and become Batman. For God's sake, be Batman. If you are listening, I can help. Do billionaires listen to podcasts? I assume they hire people to follow them around and talk directly to them. Better audio. And I mean, if you really want to pay, I wouldn't rule it out. I'd like to make a request. Bezos, $175 billion, and I think that's even grown further. Carve off two of those billions and imagine the Batman you could make. It would do wonders for your current evil villain vibe. I mean, your ex-wife could be Batman with her $38 billion divorce settlement. With the amount of things you can have delivered from Amazon, he wouldn't even need to leave his lair. Bezos, be Batman. Or kick over some of that money to your staff and treat them better. No one should piss into a bottle on the shop floor because they're afraid of taking a break. Or, another idea, send me some sweet money. I'm open to be Batman anytime and anywhere. Batman and comic books are best enjoyed with others. There is a wealth of conversation to be had. With that in mind, I reached out to Tristan to have a conversation about Batman and why he is amazing. Luckily. Tristan said yes. I met Tristan a while ago while he was selling comic books and related wares. He had a passion for what he was doing and has a knack for putting the right comic with the right person. I didn't have a lot of knowledge and he showed me many cool stories. The coolest thing he introduced me to was Batman and Dracula. The comic is amazing and the statue is a prized possession of mine, even if he nearly kept it for himself. I'll put some pictures up on the socials. Tristan is a great guy, fun to speak to and shares his knowledge without pretension. I think you'll love this glimpse into what talking Batman looks like amongst fans. 
Don't forget to join the conversation online and let us know who your favourite superhero is and why. I mean, if it's not Batman, you're wrong, but let's have the conversation anyway. I know how I know you, but maybe give a little background and um, why you love Batman. I mean, All right. why um, not? Yeah. So um, my my interest in Batman, I suppose, I suppose kind of kicked off um, probably from the, like, I've got to be honest, it's probably from the old, um, the sort of campy serial um, Adam West, Burt Ward Batmans. I used to love watching those as a kid. Do you want to hear something um, amazing? What's that? My best mate, he for for my like twenty fifth birthday or whatever, he bought me a signed Adam West Batman oh. picture. It's, uh, oh. it's up in my study. Coolest thing ever. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That's no, 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 no. You, no feel free to interject anytime you want. And it it's says, up, it, and it says, "Don't worry, be happy." Adam West. <laughs> he bought that for me, and um, yeah, we've been best friends ever since. As you would be. That's Couldn't stand fun. him beforehand though. Yeah, I'm hearing you. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching those as a kid, and they were because they were they were really really accessible, and they were always two parters, and they always had the cliffhangers, and it was a great way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Um, and then Tim Burton's Batman came along and really like put the whole thing on its head. Um, I was I never had enough money as a kid to buy comic books. It's as simple as that. Um, it wasn't until I was in my uh, late teens, early twenties, I started to collect stuff. Um, the first comic book I ever got was my dad bought me the uh, the graphic novel. Um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? It was the uh, graphic novel version of the Tim Burton Batman film. Oh no way! So he, yeah, I think I've still got that. Actually, he bought. He, I remember he he said, "There's something in the bar. Oh, can you go and clean up the towels in the bathroom?" And I went and cleaned up. he actually hid the comic book under all these towels. And that was the first. Thing oh, that's I brilliant. Of. Um, it's funny that that was what really got me keen on Batman because I actually go back and I, it's going to be, look, some people are going to cry sacrilege, but I don't, I don't particularly love the Tim Burton Batman films anymore. I love the people in them. I think mm. that they are very, very good. I just, I'm not Tim Burton's biggest fan. Um, and I think a lot of it can come down to, and I'll touch on this maybe a bit later, but I think in order to be a good Batman, you also have to be a good Bruce Wayne. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you're sort of playing two characters. And I think Michael Keaton was a fantastic Batman, but he was an awful Bruce Wayne. Um, yeah, Val- he didn't have, he didn't feel like he was rich, did he? He was kind no, of, he was a nice guy. Yeah, there was also yeah. this kind of, this sort of scene that, um, between him and Vicky Vale when he was just, he's like kind of just goofing around in his mansion and it just mm. felt much like Bruce Wayne wouldn't do that. Like he's, nah. he's like, anyway, so, um, yeah, I, it was even worse for Val Kilmer and, uh, George Clooney because they kind of got oh. dealt a very raw deal. Yeah. George Clooney um, is terrifying. <laughs> it's but the thing is that like the one thing I like about Clooney and his Batman is he owns how bad it is. He basically can he come. Yeah, I know it's shit. Like, I know it's awful, but it is what it is. Um, but alternatively, if you look at, like, uh, Christian Bale, for example, is an amazing Bruce Wayne, but I thought he was a very subpar Batman because it's it, – the I can't get past that voice. And especially, like, in the, in the third yeah. one when he's telling a Bane. Why? Why did you decide to go in that? I, know, I understand you want to sound menacing, but you just sound comical. Um, and, and I always thought, fun. sorry, but I always thought that it, the whole premise behind um, the Christopher Nolan Batman's was technology, right? There was a huge technology piece. Surely they could yeah. have done something with his voice with technology. Absolutely. How cool would that have yeah. been? The bat suit was able to project. Oh. Yeah. Although I I do do the voice all the time. Like you can't help it. Yeah. It's one of those things. It is. <laughs> But, and Bane, I, I yeah. practiced Bane so much when that came out. It's like oh. Sean Connery, yes, slightly off, and you hand over your mouth. That's Bane. I, I, I so many people complained about. Um, apparently, they had to completely re-record his lines because in the original recordings, no one could understand it. <laughs> um, and like to a, a great cost, they went and re-recorded all this dialogue, which yeah. was a bit, you know, that was like okay, fair enough, but. Um, 
it's another controversial thing to say, but I honestly believe that Ben Affleck was the best Batman that we've had. Now, I'm not saying the movies are great, but I'm saying that his representation of he's a good Batman and he's also a great Bruce Wayne. Was that not the the biggest disappointment about that though? Was that I, I have to agree. Um, I still I still Christopher uh, Bale's Batman. I his Christian the, Bale. Christian yeah. Bale. Sorry, his um his Batman. The movies I think and how he sits within them and the action and stuff really really made me love yeah. love those. But yeah, great. but Ben yeah. Affleck was a great like everyone thought he'd be crap. And then he turned out to be a great Batman, but the movies because were terrible. He, he's also the right size. Yeah, he, he, he stacked on a shitload of muscle. Yeah, he looked. He's he's got that classic, you know, old school Hollywood good looks, mm. and he suave and sophisticated, but in a way that you were like, this guy could just lay me out, and there would just be nothing I could do about it. And he just reeked of menace. Yeah, the issue they the issue, and the, I guess this is something that I was. Yeah, I, I look, I'll jump into it now is that I think that the reason that the DC films don't do as well, especially when you look at crossover films between Batman and Superman, is that the reason those films don't do well compared to the Avengers is, I mean, how many sort of, uh, well, I mean, how many Iron Man films have we had before Robert Downey Jr. came along? How many Captain America True. films? How many True. We had nothing. Whereas we had a heap of Batman, we had a heap of Superman. And if you go and see a Batman film, you know what you're walking into. If you go and see a Superman film, you know what you're walking into. And if you put those two characters together, they're so polar opposite to each other that you, you know, are you walking into a Batman film with Superman in it or are you walking into a yeah. Superman with Batman in it? I think the problem in the Batman versus Superman was they, they were kind of both Batman because Superman yep. was like, I hate the world. That's not super. Oh. Superman's supposed to be – Positive and like I, the Batman versus Superman um, comic books where Superman oh, is it yeah. because of Poison Ivy? He he goes, Yes, yeah, yeah. he go? No, no, he goes evil. No, that's no, that's oh, that's Hush. <laughs> Good segue. Um, yeah. No, Hush. It, why did they not just copy that? That was brilliant. It's look, there's so many, there's so many different. I mean, that Batman and uh, Batman and Robin, uh, sorry, Batman and Robin. Batman and Superman actually had. Um, uh, I've actually read the the. They had like a, a a twin headline series that ran for a while. I really really enjoyed it. and It was yeah. really great. But it's the same. It's the same as like. I mean, if you look at. I mean, to segue uh, slightly, Star Wars suffers from exactly the same problem. Is you had all this amazing lore, and when they said, you know, mm. we're going to make another three, I was like, oh, brilliant. Maybe they'll make Dark Empire because Dark Empire. For anyone listening who's not read Dark Empire, go and get a copy of Dark Empire because that is the, those are the movies they should have made. Um, Luke turns to the dark side. They've got some kids. He's trying to reestablish the Jedi Order. They find a heap of hidden Jedi, like the, the bounty hunters back hunting Khan. Like it's, it's dead cool shit. Yeah, but yeah. But they did, yeah. they decide to do something different, and I respect that because you don't want to just go, well, we're just going to keep. Well, you know, they technically you know, didn't do anything different. It was another Death no, Star. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I get, I get your point. I get your point. They're trying to be, they're trying to have their own story for for our time, kind of thing. Yeah, but I think that the um, the the other issue that DC suffers from, and I'm not entirely certain why they do this, is that whenever they seem to make a movie, they seem to have this thing that built into them. It's like it's programmed that by the end of it, they want their hero and the villain in a barren, rocky landscape. And it's got to be on fire and there's got to be some dramatic shit going on. And it's just like, I mean, it's, it's just not like that. No, it's, it's, it, it doesn't feel yeah, yeah. any kind of reality. It's the Christopher Nolan effect, right? It's, it's yeah. we made this Batman movie that did exceptionally well. Oh, yeah, didn't so it we're, just? We're just going to copy that. Yeah. And he even like um, produced on a whole bunch of them. Um, mm-hmm. I just like the Superman movies. Just aren't Superman movies. No, no. they're too depressing. Nah, they're, yeah, they're, they should be inspirational, uplifting. Yeah. Whereas Batman films should be a little bit more gritty. Gritty. That's a great word. You know, I mean, what you need to do is get like a guy like Frank Miller to come in mm. and write a script, and then get somebody like Zack Snyder to go. All right, how are we going to kind of shoot this? I don't hate Zack Snyder. I think that um, he's got some really interesting films in his repertoire. Um, you know, Sucker Punch excluded, of course. That was a terrible film. <laughs> but it's, I, 
find that also the, the some of the issues that they have is that they choose directors that have a, like it's a lot of style over substance. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and the the, the 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 one that doesn't the one that doesn't sort of fall into that category, and it's one of the films that I think was one of the strongest was uh, Wonder Woman. Um, I thought their Wonder Woman film based in World War One was was excellent. And like, who doesn't was, love World War One? Exactly like, right. I mean, and, like, it's bad. Yeah. Millions of people when, were killed, but the actual when, subject matter is fantastic. It was great. And when she walked out of that trench and yeah. just like strives across no man's land, I was, and you got, um, you know, the, the, and then she just goes into that town and starts ripping apart half tracks with her, with her bare hands. I was, I was sold. I'm like, this is great. Like, you know, the, the, the soundtrack is just off his, off his tits. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, and then we ended up with the same old DC problem where we get all the way to the end of the film and then we turn mm. the entire place into a rocky, fiery landscape and she's just facing off against, oh, look, I'm watching another DC film. It's just, they've got to get away from it. I don't know why they do that, but it's, it's just what they do. I think one of the biggest um, misses in kind of the, in the Batman movie um, uh, sphere is Catwoman because I, I love Catwoman, right? So Ooh, Michelle... Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer was the was Catwoman for me. I remember yep. what was that? That was the like late nineties Batman Returns, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, not even early nineties, man. Oh, that really? Was, yeah. No. Um. In fact, I might be wrong, but I have a feeling that Batman was nineteen eighty nine. No way. I could be wrong there. I might be wrong. But no, no, I'm, no. Bring it up, man. Ninety two. Ninety two. So there you go. So yeah, it was it was early on. I mean, that's that's Michelle Fiverr arguably at her best, yeah. other than Dangerous Minds. I um, um I was seven years old when that came out, and I probably didn't see it at cinemas. Um, but so I would have rec- I reckon I would have been eight or nine, and and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as as Catwoman was an awakening, like she was yeah, just I'm, amazing. I'm well, I completely agree. Uh, she was she was so ferocious. Um, the thing I didn't really like, and this is, it's a Tim Burton thing. I think like, I love what he did with Danny Mm. DeVito. I thought Danny DeVito's was, that was excellent. He was menacing and terrifying, but also he had this kind of like weird kind of charm to him. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, um, I I don't think a lot of people give, uh, Anne Hathaway enough props as Catwoman because she was, she, she was surprised. She was really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this is this is Christopher Nolan is famous. Christopher Nolan is famous for this shit. Absolutely. And if you like, I mean, if you look at it before Heath Ledger got cast as the Joker, everyone was up in arms. They were like, yeah. "Oh my god, you know, he's not going to be able to do it. He's shit. He's shit." And then you know, Homeboy comes out, wins an Academy Award for it posthumously, yeah. which shame. But um, it's it's kind of, and I think I really hope this is what's going to happen with Rob Pattinson's Batman. I'm. Do you know what I'm? I'm. Because I, I was like, oh, Ben Affleck, I don't know. Anne Hathaway, I don't know. I'm taking a new approach to saying I'm just going to watch it and then yeah. I'm not going uh, to pass judgment until I watch it because I've been wrong multiple times yeah. before. And I, and I also Welcome think I'm – Yeah, and I also think I'm slowly forgetting that he was in those awful, shiny vampire movies. I'm trying to ignore yeah. that because he's been yeah. in a couple of good ones that are um, – Yeah. That that he's really um, that he's really shown shown what he can do, um, but on Catwoman, I, I agree. Anne Hathaway was was great, um, and again, when you talk about, she kind of embodied the character. It was, it's that yeah. it's you know she had that right thing, different to Michelle Pfeiffer, but she still had this. She was Catwoman, um, but I guess talking going to the to the most horrible Catwoman, uh, Halle Berry. I'll be honest, I've, I've, I've never seen it. Really? And, Good. Yeah, I, I couldn't. <laughs> it, I kind of saw, I, I saw some trailers and I remember looking at her outfit and just thinking, what, mm. what have you done? Like, what have they done? Who is, who is, who's writing this shit? Who's, yeah, oh my God, it's just horrendous. And she reminds uh, me of someone. It, it's like someone, uh, what was the, what was the, um, from the Adam West Batman? Uh, there was the Catwoman. I'm blanking on her name. Eartha uh, Kitt. Uh, yeah, Eartha Kitt. Kit? Yeah. It was as if Halle Berry watched that and tried to do an impersonation of that badly. 
oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if she did. And this is, <laughs> and this is unfortunately where you end up with situations where you end up with somebody who doesn't understand the source material. Yeah. Uh, you know, the director doesn't. Everyone's just like, you know, just there to pick up a paycheck. And unfortunately, you end up with this, uh, you know, these movies that just go down as being absolutely god awful, and yeah. they are. They're absolutely terrible. Um, you know, Eric Banner's Hulk. Anybody? And you know, like to Ang Lee's credit, he tried to make a you know a really interesting, different mm. kind of film. But and I like Eric Banner. Like I, I was disappointed. Like Banner. I was disappointed about that. That would have been great to have yeah, an Aussie. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited about One Division. I just, I've, I, I, I seen the, I've, I watched the trailer and, um, it's, I've never taken acid, but it feels (laughs) like I'm on acid. That's why, you know, the Christopher Nolan movies and the Joker in particular was so amazing. It's because you watch it. I'm going to stop you there. I'm, and I haven't got around to watching the Joker yet. I'm, I think that's the kind of film I, yeah, I know. Surprising. I, can I I just, can I just say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ruin what happens in it or anything, but the Joker movie was not a good Joker movie, and I know people are gonna complain about that, but it was a good serial killer slash maniac movie. Sure. I, I watched that movie and at the end of it turned to my wife and went, I'm really disappointed. I like that movie. I'm really disappointed because it wasn't a Joker movie. It didn't feel like Joker. And then yeah. I stopped and went, if I pretend like he's a serial killer. That's a great movie. I think it's very Taxi Driver, very Travis Bickle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm keen to see it, but I also, it's with everything going on at the moment, I've heard it's a very, very heavy film, um, and I don't really kind of want to sit down and watch something very heavy while yeah. we've got no, fair point base going on. So it's just like, you know what, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to, I'll eventually just sit down one night and go, let's, let's do that right now. Let's, let's watch that, and yeah, yeah we'll get through it and be great. I have to watch it and pretend like it doesn't say Joker because it, it, it's genuinely a great movie. It's yeah. just, it doesn't feel like Joker. And, and like sure. my wife didn't really, you know, because I, I like Batman a little bit more than her. Um, but I love the Joker character and the kind of the, the myth and the mystery behind it. Um, sure. And yeah, it was, a, had that been, uh, I don't know, let's call it Sam, right? And it was about the, the serial killer, Sam. Would have loved that movie. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Going forward, you're going to see more things like WandaVision. Um, mm. I think we'll start to see more films like Into the Spider-Verse. Because um, Into the Spider-Verse, I think, was probably one of the strongest Spider-Man films getting around out there. Um, the voice acting, the, the art direction, everything was great. I'd love to see a Batman film in that style. It would just mm. be incredible. Um, but yeah, I don't... I'm I'm keen to see what uh, Pats does with his Batman. I think the uh, the Batmobile uh, when I saw it looked like looked really good. He looks yeah. good in the cowl as well. He cuts a really good figure. Um, he looks like young Batman. He looks he, he, he looks deranged. He looks like yeah. he's out to someone, and I I like it. I think it's going to be good. It it feels like like the the way I imagine um, Batman arcs across his history is when he's yeah. younger. He's got that. He's, you know, when, when you're young, you've got that kind of, I'm just going to go and take on the world. And as you yep. get older, you kind of move into um, the, I have the reality of the world. I'm going to think about things. Yep. Pattinson looks like he's young Batman, like just starting out. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Which is really exciting. Yeah. Uh, and that, and that's, that's, you know, that's why I'm keeping hope out because um, that could be great. So this is something that Nolan did really well is he took a like a villain like Two-Face should not technically work mm. in Nolan's universe because Nolan's universe is kind of based in reality. He tried to ground it as much as possible. Yeah. It's why we didn't see like Kirk Con- um Kirk Connors, Killer Croc and you know that yeah, yeah, yeah. that because they wanted to make it as real as possible. Um Kirk Connors is Spider-Man. Who am I thinking of? Wayland, Wayland Jones. Wayland Jones? Yeah, Killer Croc. Um, but he made Two Face work, and that's that was like really impressive in the way that he did that because it was just like holy crap, that's that is a that is a villain who shouldn't really have any. And he didn't just work; he he added to the story. He yeah. wasn't just a cool villain; he added to the that myth of Batman being. It doesn't matter 
it doesn't matter that Batman's a hero to himself. Yeah. It matters that the world is a better place. And that's yeah. uh, that's that's what I love about Batman, right? So it's Batman is not about the hero being a hero. Yeah. Batman is about a better world. He's about having a better Gotham. Um, and that's just, you know, into I think the the reason why I love um, comic books and the particular Batman is it's hard to to look at the world um, and not just today, but like, you know, five years ago, look at the world, 10 years ago and go, who do I look to as an example? And it sounds sounds silly, but ah. Batman's a great example. He is. The, 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 the thing that's always struck me about Batman and why I, why I like him as a superhero is because mm. Batman doesn't have, he doesn't, you know, he's not an alien from another world. He doesn't. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Not a, a, um, he's not a. Uh, he doesn't rely on it's, – it's kind of the reason I like the Green Arrow as well. It's mm. the guys who aren't super strong. They haven't got flight. They can't elasticize their bodies. They haven't got super speed. He just literally has the brain in his head and the conditioning yeah. that he puts himself through, and that's, that's kind of what he has. Like I said, it's why I kind of like Oliver Queen as well. I think Oliver Queen is the other side to the Batman coin. Um, he's, not quite as, he's not quite as cool in my opinion. Um, mm. But he's still pretty awesome. Um, but that's kind of why I've always enjoyed Batman because it's it's not like a Superman's. He's uh, Superman's easy to have as like a you know he's my favorite superhero because, well, yeah, of course he is because he's just he's almost invulnerable. Whereas Batman's a little bit more squidgy, if I can. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's more complex. He's yeah. he's. Yeah, and I think that's why he works. So that's why I think the that Nolan view works really well with Batman, but not so much with Superman. And that's why you know the Snyder movies are I don't think um, land as well is because Batman is complex. He's dark. He's gritty. Uh, he's he makes you kind of question. Uh, I love I love the moments in Batman when he could kill the evil guy. Oh yeah, right, and he doesn't. Yeah, because every time, even though you know he's not going to kill him, right? Because that's a whole part of Batman. He's not going to kill him, yep. but he might because yeah. it's complex. I mean, it's, like it's yeah. hard for me. Um, Batman, like all those complex things we're talking about, is where Batman kind of lives in in my head. And um, I think the cartoons that I watched when I was a kid had enough of that to um, start to make you think about it, but not so yeah. much that it um, that it made you go, oh, I don't want to watch this. This is a bit uh, depressing. The, yeah. The, I mean, the, the original animated series was, was incredible. Yeah. Um, and then The Brave and the Bold, even that was just yeah, yeah, yeah. stunning the way they wrote that. Great fun to read. Um, I've even got some of the um, some of the really good crossovers um, you can get are um, I've got Batman and Judge Dredd. Oh no way! Uh, oh, dude, that's I mean uh, Judge Dredd is like right up there, my favorite comic book character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Dredd. Um, and yeah, those two together because they are you know I mean they're pretty much they're kind of the same, I suppose. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's the the cool thing about Batman is the media that you can access to sort of you know get your Batman fix is so varied. Yeah, yeah. Um, and none of it seems to be particularly shite, unless you're talking about um, the Joel Schumacher Batman films. <laughs> Nipples on a bat suit. How could that go wrong? Oh, yeah, yeah. What you know? Who, who, who would actually be able to do? For me, it's The Dark Knight. I love Batman Begins. Absolutely love it. Yeah. But yeah. I just feel yeah. like uh, The Dark Knight is kind of that the the peak, or it's where the story needed to go to, and uh. it's. It just, I just loved it, and I have watched it so many yeah. times. Um, you know, number. Oh, oh yeah, dude, it's 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 a very. Warm. Uh, I'm losing you. Hello. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello. You're back. You're back. Hey, are you back? Yeah. Sorry the wonders of modern technology um yeah like um dark knight had like the i mean the whole opening sequence was just awesome um you know william finkter coming out and just like you know putting you know 12 gauge rounds into guys and mm. buses crashing and it's just oh it was just great um I, I gotta be honest there are still aspects of that film that i don't 
um, I, I almost kind of sort of don't understand. Yeah. Um, the whole sequence where he's putting bullet fragments back together um, and shattered rounds and stuff, I still yeah. sort of scratch my head on that. But it's like I'm happy to look past that because when the rest of the film is just a, it's a masterpiece. It's just great. Yeah, no, I agree that 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 was like that's uh, that's uh, some interesting <laughs> that's some interesting yeah. um, choice of science there. Uh, good work yeah. there. Um, yeah, but, I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna let it go. Whatever. I'm just just show me more. Show me more. Show me more. Yeah, yeah. The only the only person in that movie that I I really think is absolutely terrible is Maggie Gyllenhaal. I just I don't know what they were going for with her. Like I don't know what the character was supposed to be. She um I I just feel like it was like she tried to be cool but couldn't pull it off. Um and yeah. in whenever she was in scenes, particularly when she was maybe it was because she was opposite when she was opposite Heath Ledger, it was just like like what I don't understand why you two are even in the same room. Like it just didn't make sense. But um but yeah, as a yeah. movie, it just I just loved it. And it's um it had those questions in it that I love about Batman, those um, you know, what would you do in that situation, kind of thing? Like, yeah. what what would you do? Would you would you drop the Joker? Or like, that's yeah. a hard one. It is. It is completely. It's. Uh, I mean, that's the it's, that's that's the that's the ongoing dilemma that Batman has. It's like you know, do you just go out there and just do him in, and then yeah. you're no better than him? Um, Can but, I ask you a philosophical question? Yeah, go for it. If you you know those two boats that are in the harbor and they each have a detonator, do you yep. press the detonator? So I, uh, I'll give you my answer. Well, I'll give you some thinking time. I'll give you my answer. Now I would have pressed the detonator, right? What uh, boat are you on? I'm on the boat without the villains, without the okay. um, people. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a normal yeah. guy. I've never been to prison. I, I'm not a I'm not a prisoner. Like if you've been to prison, I don't think you should be blown up. But if I'm on a boat opposite to you, I'm pressing the button pretty quickly, right? Then someone said to me, the, the Joker did that, so you don't know if your button actually blows you up, and that really threw me. And it's a good point, and it's a, it's a, it's a, point, a valid point. If it was just I yeah, knew it was going to blow the other one up, I'd be like, click, 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 I'm not giving them a chance to blow me up. But once you add that in, I, I'm, I find it much harder. Yeah. I don't know That's what that says about me that I would instantly click, 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 but... So I'm, I'm I'm thinking about it now. I don't know. I just it's there's a part of me that thinks, well, my my need to see my son this evening mm. is a lot stronger than you know uh, a boat full of criminals. But then I also don't believe that somebody should be blown up for say tax evasion. Absolutely. Now, if you if that boat has got um, you know bona fide murderers and pedophiles on it, well, hand me that hand me the remote. I'll save us all some money. Yeah. Uh, I guess that speaks volumes about me as well. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a and it's a great example of the questions you ask because if you were if it was Batman, my th- my thought is he wouldn't blow the other people up. That's no, just not would. who he is. He no. would self sacrifice if he had to. Come on, man! It's Batman. He'd reach into the utility belt, throw yeah, yeah. something up. Yeah, that would then jam all the signals, and then <laughs> he'd go to work. Like it's 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 that simple. Yeah, and. One of my favorite scenes in that movie, and I think why I love that movie so much is these it, it, throughout it, there's these amazing scenes, but where uh, the Joker is walking from the hospital, presses the button. Everyone loves it. Yeah. It's just such a great scene. Like, yeah. it's yeah. those sorts of things uh, really make me love it. So, they, yep. They only have one, they only have one opportunity to shoot I know. that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And he just, he absolutely nailed it. But like, you know, he only had the one take and he just nailed it. It was just so good. And the, and that, that was improvised that bit because he was like pressing the button and nothing was, it was supposed to blow up. Yeah. Right? He hits it the first time, it's supposed to blow up and then it didn't. And that like couple of seconds that just added to that scene where he's clicking yeah. it and then he kind of looks at it, clicks it, click, click. Like, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you're going for uh, Batman Begins is your favorite. So are yeah. you is Affleck your favorite Batman of the movie series of all the movies? Yeah, he is. And, like, and I'll, I'll reiterate why is that um, he was a he was a great Batman, but he was also a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it's it's not it's not good enough to be able to put the put the cowl and the tights on 
and look menacing, um, you kind of have to be as you, you you then have to like you know put on a, a you know a forty thousand dollars suit and look just as devastating and just as as threatening and menacing. Mm. And Affleck is the only actor thus far who's been able to do that. Yeah, I, I think you've I think you've nailed it um, on the the ability to to be both uh, be both characters because it is a movie of two characters, um, it is. and I think people miss that. Um, yeah, I I think my my favorite Batman of all the movies is uh, Michael Keaton. And I say that because he's the Batman I saw when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah he's, he's, but look, Keaton is a popular choice. And like, yeah. I, I don't, I, and like I said, I think he was a great Batman. He really was an absolutely fantastic Batman. And you're missing the most important part about Michael Keaton, Batman. Please. He's the only Batman that got to kiss Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. It's true. And I mean, I mean, but having said that, <laughs> Bale, Bale kissed Anne Hathaway Catwoman, and that's, in my opinion, that's pretty like good. That's pretty good as well. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. You'd never. Um, I don't think anyone. Anyone's not that. She. If we're if we move on to who's my favorite Catwoman, I, I don't even think have to think twice about it. Michelle Pfeiffer is no, just amazing. Of course, it's Michelle Pfeiffer. That's a lot, <laughs> Hathaway's a close second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's Michelle Pfeiffer. I think I don't think you're really sort of comparing apples to orange. Uh, sorry, apples to apples. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those things where it's just like, well, I mean, they're two very, very different films, um, made by you know two very, very different directors. It's like saying who's the better Joker? Is it Jack or is it um, uh, uh, Heath Ledger? I mean, I'm not even going to bother putting um, Jared Leto into the mix, and I feel sorry I, for Jared. I know because he's he's so good. much better than both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for the no, guy. No, don't. It's the, terrible. The, I'm sorry. Yeah, but it's, I don't think it's his fault. It I, is I, his fault. It no, is his fault. He he it, played the Joker like a rich, messed up trust fund baby. It. I hate him. I hate him. I'm sorry, yeah. but I hate it so much. But did, well, was that his decision to play yes. It that way? Yes, it definitely was. He's he's that kind of person. Sorry, I. I it's the one. It's the one thing that I've really just. It gets me so annoyed. I I had to sit through. Um, Oh, what's that bloody movie called? Uh, the the one where he makes his first appearance. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. I I I did not like that, that movie. That's yeah. That's another movie that suffers from like it just has no idea where it's going. It just wants to throw you all these things. And there were things about that movie I liked. I I look controversial for some. I really like my um. Is it Margot Robbie? As, she was um, great as Harley Quinn. As Harley Quinn. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Harley Quinn. Um, yeah. Will Smith is Deadshot. Greatest Deadshot. Brilliant. He, Loved him. Will Smith is Deadshot. It would have been a great standalone movie if someone else directed it. Yes. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like halfway, like I remember watching that halfway through and then all of a sudden like um, Rick Flagg was like going underwater and then there was some sort of explosion. Someone said, how did you guys get there? Like, mm-hmm. It's just it just seemed to have this this bit in the middle that made no sense at all. And we all just sort of went, oh, well, it's a DC film. Let's move on. The flip side of Batman is always the villain. So always have to have a good villain. So who's, yeah. your, um, who's your pick for the best villain of a Batman movie? <sighs> Easy one, hey? I, I mean, <laughs> the, stu- the stupid thing is like, there's a part of me that just wants to jump to the obvious um, uh, you know the, the the obvious choice, which would be Heath Ledger's Joker. Let's say uh, let's say he's not eligible because I, I I agree with you. It's too he kind of outshines. So we put Heath Ledger on a on a he got he on a yeah. uh, shelf. Who who's who's yeah. next? I think this comes down because I really enjoy this person as an actor, and there's not a lot that this person has done that I haven't loved and I mm. loved what he did with this role because this role could have been it could have been very, very two dimensional and it kind of wasn't. Mm. Um Tom Hardy's Bane. Nice. Nice choice. Uh, was he was he as big as Bane could have been? No. But if he'd been as big as Bane could have been, it would have looked comical and stupid. Yeah. Um Tom Hardy looks like the kind of bloke who would quite happily go you you know, he would literally just knock the shit out of you in a pub and you'd be yeah. like, oh what I just got fucked up by Tom Hardy. My day's made. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those things where it's just, um, he was 
he was menacing in a very, very sophisticated way. Like yeah. when Ben Mendelsohn's having a, you know, having a meltdown, he just the way he just rests his hand on his shoulder. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Do you feel in control? It's like, oh, my God, if he said that to me, I'd just piss myself. I yeah. would literally wet myself. Um, I did think, though, that the way he ended was crap. It was a bit weak, if I'm honest. Yeah. But... I mean, you kind of had to have that win. You, you know, Batman had you know, everything taken away from him and broken and thrown in a hole, and then he has to come back and kind of be able to, you know. But what he did, you know, you had that sort of battleground Gotham thing going mm. on. Um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed him. Um, honorable mentions, of course, going to Danny DeVito and Jack Nicholson. But Danny DeVito was so much fun. Absolutely. Oh I heard that he, um, he actually went home to his kids in costume one night and terrified the shit out of them. <laughs> I mean, Danny DeVito in the dark would scare me. Imagine oh, yeah. dressed as the Penguin. Oh yeah, it was that. That, that makeup effects for that were great. Brilliant. Um, I, yeah. I, the uh, one thing on Tom, I think Tom Hardy's like is a uh, phenomenal actor. Uh, so I think. Oh yeah. You had to have someone because otherwise he was just a henchman, right? He's just a bodyguard. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing he did really well is be able to play it so that you didn't feel like he was a terrorist. You kind of went, I hope he, I hope something good comes out of this, right? Yeah. He's, he's yeah. like, he's fighting for the people, even if, yeah. you know, he might kill a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, it's, I, I, if you put Tom Hardy and um, Christopher Nolan together, I mean, it's, it's just great. When you look at, um, at my, Tom Hardy first popped up on my radar when he played Eames in Inception. And then I kind of looked yeah. at his back catalogue and realised I'd seen him in a couple of things. Um, most notably, if anybody um, out there is keen to go on some sort of... Uh, it's just weird. There's um, a film he's got called Bronson. Brilliant uh, movie. You have oh to watch God, it. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the whole time you're watching that, I was on edge because you just don't know when he's going to explode. And it's uh, just done in such a strange way. It's shot yeah. in such a strange way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just you feel... Yeah, I agree. You feel on edge. That's... Yeah, yeah, brilliant movie. That was damn good. And then we had, um, and then if you look at, you know, you had Inception, mm-hmm. and then Dunkirk as the fighter pilot. I loved that. That was just Dunkirk was. I mean, I, I'm a massive fan of World War Two. Um, yeah, very, very interested in that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, that was that was just brilliant. Um, and then I mean, Tom Hardy is. I I just love this shit. I mean, him as. Max Rockatansky. That was in Mad Max Fury Road. That was yeah. oh, so good. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, th- I think you need a, you definitely need a strong actor to play yeah. Bane, and we've seen well, we, that. We, we, but the thing is, we've seen ba- we've seen the other side of it, where I mean, we had Bane pop up in um, uh, Clooney's Batman. Yeah, yeah. He was like just a henchman to um, Pamela Risley, and it was a bit like, oh, that was okay. wasted. Yeah, it really was because Bane's such a good character in the mm. film, you, uh, in the in the comic book. Sorry, he's so good. And then it's just like, oh, okay, that's the, you're gonna do that with it. All right, well, okay, good. Now, yeah, well done. My my favorite bit of trivia from um, the Clooney um, Batman movies um, is the you know all the scenes with as as Mister Freeze is dying. They yeah. were all recorded after. Arnold Schwarzenegger came out of open heart surgery. So he's. Yes. That, yeah. <laughs> which says that Arnold Schwarzenegger's acting range may not be as great as I thought it was. No. <laughs> if he, the only he, way you could get him to sound like he's dying is to literally cut his chest open. Yeah, but, to nearly kill him. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I, think that, I, think you're, I think you're right on with the. With the uh, best villains there. I've, I um, I did. I really like the Riddler as well. I think he's a underappreciated villain. Uh, yeah, but it does it was, feel like Jim I, Carrey. Maybe I just like Jim Carrey. He's fun. The thing is, I like I. I mean, you could literally have a whole other podcast episode about um, the um, uh, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, yeah. the Batman video games. Oh and in yeah. Those, yeah. In those, I'm a massive. I mean, like some of the villains in those are really well fleshed out and really, you know, really in, enjoyable to play against and yada yada. And yeah, that, and Edward Nigra is genuinely enjoyable in those games. 
I'd love to get your recommendations for people out there who want to read. I'm going to jump in and, and steal one of your most prized recommendations uh, <laughs> yeah, because sure. it's a recommendation you gave me um, and it's Hush. I, I don't know why I'm showing it. It's an audio podcast. Um, yeah. I love Hush. It's For me, it was your best recommendation because I still have it. I'm not going to say how many years on, but I still have it and absolutely love it. Um, so thank you yeah. for the for that recommendation. Um so for people out there, I've I've written down Batman Red Sun that I need to to read. Um, what other recommendations? Uh, it's Superman Red Sun. Uh, Superman Red Sun. Yeah, Red Sun is a Superman. I'm uh, obsessed with Batman. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> um, the other ones I would look at would be I really enjoy reading. Um, there's, uh, like I said, it's, it's written by Frank Miller, um, illustrated by Jim Lee, and it is. Um, uh, all-star Batman and Robin, and that's the uh, Batman and Robin uh, um, origin, like the the, the Robin mm. origin story. Basically, um, there's a really there's some really really amusing stuff, like our interactions with uh, the Green Lantern, uh, Black Canaries in there, um, just beautifully illustrated, but in that like a very very gritty Frank Miller kind of uh, tones, yeah, like, which is always enjoyable. I mean, Frank just Frank does what Frank does. <laughs> Um, but you can put me on the spot. But yeah, the other one I would, uh, yeah, the other one I would uh, suggest would be um, uh, Batman's Year One Hundred by Paul Hope. Yeah, um, that is also uh, quite a lot of fun. Um, just actually walking over to where are we? Oh, crikey! Yeah, there's Red Sun. Mark Miller. That was the um, the uh, the um, uh, the gentleman I was thinking about before who. Uh, He's written quite a bit of good stuff. I'm pretty yeah. sure he did a Red Sun. Um, yeah, it is Mark Miller. I'll um I'll I'll give one recommendation because I love yeah, vampires sure. and Batman, and um, I remember you telling me about Batman and Dracula, and yep. yeah, the 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 statue, and I read that book, and it is amazing. If you love vampires and you love Batman, I don't think there's a better better thing to sit down and read. Just yeah, amazing. It, Just it amazing. Is, that, yeah, that was, a, that was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I've just been ridiculously busy recently. I'm actually just going through my – I've got a heap of um, – I actually got rid of a lot of my uh, a lot of my stuff. I've, most of the things I've got left mm. are um, single issues at um, Elseworlds. Um, Elseworlds titles. Um, anybody? I mean, the Court of Owls series was really, really good. Um, I enjoyed that thoroughly. Um, there was a series, an uh, art series about Arkham Asylum on the Razor and the Rise of the Great White Shark. Um, that was enjoyable to read. I enjoyed that one thoroughly. Um, but yeah, I'd, look, I, I don't think you can really go wrong with Hush. If you jump in with Hush, that's a really good place to start. Yeah. Oh, here you go. I actually just found the comic book that my dad got for me. Oh, nice. The, uh, the official comic book, comic adaptation of the Warner Brothers motion picture, Batman, <laughs> written by Dennis O'Neill and Jerry Orr. My, uh, my, my first comic book was uh, The Phantom, and it came out of a um, show bag, uh, and I still have it up in my study. That's so, excellent. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're just it, – it, I think the the thing that I'd like to kind of express and potentially people who aren't into comic books and, and into um, superheroes, you know, re- maybe here in this podcast and because obviously this isn't a comic book podcast, is it's not, it's not about the pictures on the page. It's not about the fanciful stories. It's not about the fact that Batman can, you know, pull out a grapple gun and fly up three, you know, three-story building. Yep. It's it's about the memories. It's about what Batman means behind it. Oh yeah. Um, so I think that's so you you calling out, hey, you know, this is um, this my first Batman comic was my dad got it for me and hid it under some towels. That's yeah. that's what's fantastic about it, and that's what I would love for other people to hear. So I think your story is ace. Like that's brilliant. Yeah. There's um it's. I, I was always very fond of saying whenever we ran the comic book shop, um, people would often come by because we used to carry like a lot of um, Funko Pops and toys and mm. 
um, housewares. We carried all kinds of stuff. And people would come and browse, and I'd sort of always sort of, you know, try and pick their brain to see, you know, what they were interested in. And the number of times that I would hear, oh, no, I'm not into comics. I don't read comics. No. And my comment was there was a comic book out there for everybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're into. And even if you don't like comic books, there is something out there that you will be able to read cover to cover and thoroughly enjoy. Um, yeah, there's um, the thing is like it's like I, I would love to give you more recommendations, but a lot of mine come from you know like a like a four part story arc. I've got, like I mean, Batman Detective comics. I've got them yeah. sitting here. I'll read them to you. There was a whole um, uh, series called Skeleton Key. Um, it's actually written by Scott Snyder. Um, that was just that was a lot of fun. Um, I've actually got all of the. Um, ooh, crazy. I've actually got all the original single issues of Hush. Sorry, I'm just pulling stuff out and pushing oh, it no back way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was how I got into Hush. Is um, when I was about 21, um, I went on my lunch break. I went to a news agency and happened to see a Batman comic sitting in there and just picked it up and thought, oh, that looks good. And unfortunately, it was like book three in the Hush saga. And then it took me about, I think, by the time I actually sort of got into it really properly, um, issue one of Well and Truly sold out. Mm. I ended up having to buy issue one about six or seven years later for a very, very high price. It may have been, you know, future telling, um, if nothing else. But when I was younger, I had an, when I would watch the cartoon series, I loved Poison Ivy. Like I love Catwoman. I love Poison Ivy. And uh, it all made sense when I when I met my my wife and she was a redhead and I went, I, I get it now. She might poison me in my yep. sleep, but yep. <laughs> but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. It it makes life a little yeah. bit more interesting. For anyone out there, you've you've got a podcast and um, which I've listened to a few <laughs> episodes of, which is so uh, this game. What's the game called? It's uh, it's if anybody out there is aware of um, uh, Warhammer 40k, it's essentially Warhammer 40k but for World War Two. So it's a game called it's a game called Bolt Action. I've got a couple of different armies. I've got uh, an American Airborne Army. I've got a British Eighth um, Army LRDG. Um, was it 1942 sort of North Africa? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of guys in trucks. And um, the one I'm currently working on is a British Airborne Army. So. But I've got mates of mine who have got, you know, seven, eight, nine armies. It's very, very addictive and it's a lot of fun to play. And it's pretty, it's, 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 it's really, really, it's got that classic saying attached to it where it's, uh, it's easy to pick up, but it's impossible to master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and do, do the guys who uh, have the Nazi armies, are they looked, looked at with suspicion? Or is no, nah, no, nah, not at all. Like my after I finished doing my airborne army, I've yeah. actually got um, uh, Deutsches Afrika Corps army. Um, there are there are certain armies that if I play, I always sort of not turn my nose up, but it makes me feel a bit. Ooh. And that's when guys play things like um, yeah, things like Hitler Youth or um, SS. Um, but I mean, all that sort of stuff. It's all you know. It's it's all it's, it's all done very respectfully and well. Yeah, yeah. You know, with a lot of fun. Uh, we're called the Bacon Burgers. So it's a take on, um, uh, there was a, a German special forces unit during World War II called the Brandenburgers. And these were the guys who dressed <laughs> up as Americans. Yeah, they, they dressed up as Americans during the Battle of the Bulge and ran around and changed road signs and you know caused all kinds of mayhem. They didn't really have any military benefit at all. They didn't have any sort of tactical impact, but um, they had a massive psychological impact. Yeah. And... Every time we sort of said bacon burgers, it just made us giggle. So yeah, we started that. Yeah, I, look, I, um, if you're if anyone's out there and wants to have a laugh, I, I it definitely uh, listening. We're pretty loose. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Yeah. it's fun. It it feels yeah, like good. if you're if you're there sitting at home and you're missing being able to hang out with your mates and have a laugh and and act like idiots, basically. No offense. Um, it's that's that's what it <laughs> felt like. I was like, oh my god. It, it feels like me, me and my dumb mates. I hope you enjoyed this love story to the Dark Knight. And I hope my marriage is still strong after my wife finds out how deep my love goes. Batman and those characters that we admire exist because they exhibit something that you want in yourself. A challenge for you. Be the hero. Do one thing that Batman or your favourite superhero would do. I'd like to say a massive thank you to Tristan for the chat and the information over the years. 
He's a great guy and I can't wait to catch up again. And perhaps you'll hear from him in another episode. To catch all the future episodes, subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Leave a rating for the show to grow our obsessive community. Follow the socials and join your fellow obsessives. All the links are in the show notes. Until next time, I'm Byron and my hero wears his underwear outside his pants. And I'll speak to you on the next episode. Written, produced, and edited by Byron Gatt for Pinchicus Media. Sound designed by Lillian Fred. They designed the barking. I edit it out. Thanks again to Tristan, and I hope to have him on again for another episode. Check out the full credits in the show notes and how to get in touch. Theme music from mixkit.co.